If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at radiofreebrooklyn.org/newsletter. You were listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Everybody, hey. or one person, if you're still there, you must be there because you're listening to us. You this, can hear our voices. This is Lost and Rewound. Can you hear me? Radio Free Brooklyn. I can hear you. 3 p.m. on the East Coast. We made it beautiful, again to Thursday. Beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is uh, coming to you from the rec room. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hasty. I'm Rachel Teichman. We bring this to you every week on Radio Free Brooklyn as a way to dig deep into our rough and raw sounds from the past and listen back with fresh ears as we try to connect the dots between then and now. If you, like our guest will be coming up in a little bit, we'll be doing, would like to share audio from your past. Something that has not been heard in far too long and probably was never meant to be heard by as many people as are about to be (laughs) possibly hearing at any one time on this program. You can email the show and submit whatever you may have for us to contribute. And dive on into your past so that you can experience all of that goodness and once again get embarrassed with us here on lost and rewound what's that email address rachel lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org that's right oh yeah and if you want to listen to any of our past episodes which you are encouraged to do so so that you can find out just what the kind of the fuck show happens every week here because i can assure you it's never the same and it's awesome reach out to us on social media you can reach out to us on facebook furthermore if you want to listen to any of our past episodes um in on soundcloud or apple podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts go right ahead and otherwise check out our main website what is that will radiofreebrooklyn.org slash l-a-r we do have a really great program lined up for you today and we hope that in light of the fact that we're fortunate and even uh privileged to even be bringing you any art at all with three people uh, in a room and we're all good but to bring you this show is a uh privilege and uh we're grateful that radio free brooklyn is not going off the air because of of this pandemic and we promise guys despite all the crazy and we hope you're enjoying your quarantine like we are our voices aren't going anywhere we're all here and we're all queer experiencing this together and we're all flaming as, as <laughs> i say that as a questioning damn it i made I'm, that clear I'm, to you I'm, i say that as a cisgender straight male so yeah i i'm i i am an ally i would say but i do but you know this is gonna be a ride this whole this whole couple ride of months this is a yeah but i mean we're gonna make it through i already fucking hated roller coasters to begin with i tried to i imagine the emotional one's been hard but how i mean like how are you how is everybody i'm flaming you are fl- you're always flaming, I, I, you're I'm, always just rocking i'm chilling yeah i'm great <laughs> Good. Rachel, ladies and gentlemen, just for our audience out there, is wearing a Pikachu onesie. Yep. Just so you know. It's, and it matches is, my Pokemon Go outfit as well. And she is kind of killing it. 
She's got and it. I'm what? You got it. Killing it. Oh, killing it. What do you think I said? I, I didn't know. But okay. here, this is my Pokemon Go character. <laughs> oh my god, it's literally your Pokemon Go's that's character amazing. avatar. Holy that's, shit. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shall we venture on on this journey? Let's I, venture I, on let's in venture. this let's flaming dive. journey. Show us, Pokemon Go! Adam Howard Schneider is a New York-based singer-songwriter, guitar player, and arranger. And his claim to fame is his psych-prov, riffacana, folk-pop rock style, or as you might know it, indie rock. Yes. May I please introduce Adam Howard Schneider. Adam, Adam how you doing, man? Yeah. I'm all right. How's everybody doing? Hey, we're doing all right. We're keeping, we're staying healthy. We're washing our hands. I'm great. Wearing the gloves, wearing the gloves everywhere. Oh, wear- oh wow, you are wearing gloves. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm not shooting you. I'm not shooting you. I'm even doing the dumb thing of like purelling the gloves. Yeah, that's, and- that's not dumb. Doesn't that Fair. wear down the latex? Well, no. Yeah. As long as you, yes, it absolutely does. But as long as yeah. you wear them and take them off at the end of the day, I, I cannot verify how old those gloves are. I provided them. He did. They are, they are, they may have been hanging around in a box underneath the sink <laughs> for years. Oh boy. But you never. Yeah, I'm sure all my phone, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that's not recommended. Hey. It's just like, it's not recommended to Purell your gloves, but, you know, if it makes us feel better, it's really just what's, what's in your head. True. But exactly. You're clean. Let me ask you this, Adam. We're definitely cleaner than we were a year ago. Oh, yeah. Damn fucking yes. right. Absolutely. You, are you a clean freak normally? Yes. Just like generally speaking, really? I had sanitizer in every jacket and bag that I own. You were, yeah. buddy. You were pre-prepared was, for this, dude. I was born for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like not leaving my house, but uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely like washing my hands and sanitizing them. Yes. And on that and front, anything. and on that front, we just got to say thank you so much for being a guest on the seriously, show in seriously. this in this new quarantined world. How are you? How are yeah. you feeling? How is it being home? Um, I'm someone who likes to uh, go jogging, ride my bike, and take walks. And uh, I, while I may be able to do a little bit of that, um, you know, I still can't uh, do the things I I like to do to kind of clear my head and kind of take in, uh, you know, um, art, for example. Yeah, I'm right. We're big into art museums and concerts, opera, the whole nine yards. I mean, this can't happen right now, but I understand that it, it is for the greater good. It's across um, the world. So I'm just going to do the best I can yeah. while hold up here. And, um, you know, this is, uh, this is a time to make art too. Oh my this God. Is a, a curveball we're all being thrown. I always have a baseball reference there. <laughs> so it's a Go Yankees. Thrown to, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's go Mets. Yes. Um, oh, I'm in, oh, I'm in agreement. Oh, I'm sorry, Rach. I am yeah, but, disgusted. Being delayed, though, certainly delays any Met-related heartbreak that I'm uh, likely to feel <laughs> in uh, 2020. Fair. So there's Fair. that. Um, 
anyway, uh, but it is weird that uh, these things are not happening right now. But, um, yeah, the world is, uh, this is the, the fact that the whole world is involved in this uh, definitely alleviates my fears of conspiracy theories. I don't really see some of these countries all, uh, you know, getting in on this with us just to, uh, you know, control me and when I want to turn my guitar up in the middle of the night. Right on. I right have on. really cool neighbors. I can do that whenever I want. Yeah, I was going to say, where, um, where in the city do you live and uh, how does it uh, usually transpire with uh, the best times of the day? for you to play music and to work on your craft no one says anything i live on the lower east side uh, i live next to musicians i live nice. above people that play loud music i, I love having loud neighbors because it just takes the focus <laughs> off me <So laughs> they awesome. have no idea that I, I am the one that probably has the most wattage in this uh, <laughs> 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 under, under my loft here i'm, sure. I'm definitely uh you know set up here with some some um, arena-worthy uh, destruction, but I, I usually don't go past two on my amp. That's uh, that makes the floor shake just enough. Yeah. Just to eleven. To 11. <laughs> oh, maybe me too. But we all have the same I, joke. I think there is eleven ready. on my. Well, it's twelve because uh, Fender. Um, all right, on. A lot of their models go to twelve. So nice. yeah, there is an eleven, but it's not the loudest. How long have you lived in the Lower East Side for? Not long. Uh, cumulatively, a while, but uh, this round uh, uh has been only a year and a couple of months um yeah and uh yeah we're loving it i mean the, the neighborhood has certainly changed since i lived here in the 90s hmm. um but as i say the ghosts are still here um there are certainly a lot of people that have been here that long that you know still retain that character um and yeah at this point i, I don't think there's anywhere i'd rather be yeah um you know i feel like these are my people um, you know, and there are some things that still stand from back in the day and they are like time machines, you know, <laughs> pianos. Um, Can you name any of them? Or, pianos. Yeah. yeah. Well, things even older than that. I mean, uh, uh search and destroy is still on St. Mark's place complete like, with all the concert posters I, in the, in the <laughs> lobby there. It's, um, <laughs> sort of creepy. Dude, um, dude, search and destroy. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I, I, no, so funny that that was the first, ahead. the first, <laughs> I must have been like, it was like 99 and I went to St. Mark's to buy some shirts at Search and Destroy and I only threw out one of them like about maybe a year, year and a half ago. Oh shit. I was able to hold on to these shirts for way longer than they should have stayed, uh, you know, on their shelf life. (laughs) It was, it was impressive. that's why they've been there for so long because their shirts just last forever. And are expensive, very expensive, yeah. but but good shirts. And uh, what 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 other what other uh, standbys uh, really uh, stand the test of time? I suppose. I mean, East Village Books. Um, yeah, right. I mean, some of the bars are still there that were there. I used to live on the same block as Lucy's. Lucy's still there. I haven't seen her in a while, but her bar still stands. Um, uh-huh. You know, a lot of the staple restaurants are still around. Um, if if I uh, want to experience one of my old favorite bars it's really uh basically me looking in the window at this point (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know they're still there and it's it's fun to see that crowd that kind of um you know the dirt is still here that's for sure you've been a little intertwined with new york city for a while now right you are a new yorker but where where were your origins like what brought you to new york and when was well i mean not that far i mean i'm from long island i'm from suffolk county right Um, i'm from western suffolk county so I i guess about um, an hour drive from the city the way I drive now, but probably about 25 minutes the way I drove when I was a teenager. Um, and we were here all the time. I mean, <laughs> we were, you know what it's like? We were spoiled with the concerts. Yeah. Um, 
you know, every band swung through here, every art exhibition, every everything was here. And it was a wild, lawless land, you know, and we would come yeah. in. My parents are from the city, so, you know, they, they kind of passed down the street smarts to me. But, I mean, it, it, that was no place for a kid like me that, that really wanted to do whatever he wanted. I mean, it, it was, it, I'm lucky that I'm, that I live to tell the tale. For sure. Um, because oh, I, I don't know that I can tell too many tales that uh, your, your you parents, have to censor. Your, your parents would probably tell them well, for you. Well, just very <laughs> fair, but also to be clear, just, uh, just so you know, Adam, if we didn't make this clear, this is radio free Brooklyn. You can get as extreme as you want to here. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, um, okay. I mean, do you really want to hear like, uh, stories of, Buying LSD in Central Park and, yes. and having <laughs> I mean, Rachel dollars down my underwear and telling them that I didn't have any money on me. And I yes, was, didn't oh. really know what I was doing, and then I'd kind of like how old were you? Into probably, I guess between sixteen and nineteen. Oh my god, yes, tell these yeah. stories. Oh my god, yes, tell. How, so, wait, tell wait, one so, story. You sound tell, like tell, you're about to come, Will. Uh, yeah, I, I, seriously, okay, a little bit. I don't think you can. I don't think you can handle <laughs> stories. Because you'll need a cigarette break. Story in two parts. Um, so um, we used to. I. It's funny. I'm five six. I'm not intimidating looking at all. Every one of my friends got beaten by drug dealers in Sheep Meadow, um, except me. And it got to the point where everybody in the town just. I was one of the very few people they trusted with a lot of money to go in and bring back. Whatever I could find yeah. in our little town, Northport, New York, right? Yeah. This is on the North Shore next to Huntington. So a lot of bad kids. And it was one of those towns, very insulated, very, um, you know, a lot of those kids didn't go to the city a lot. But because my parents were from the city, it was something that it was always my dream to live in the city when I was a kid. Uh, I knew right that on. that was, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I, I said a New Yorker. So nice. uh, I achieved that, dude. right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So anyway, I came in one time with... Um, Another friend, uh, probably my oldest friend in the world, uh, we went into uh, Central Park, and, you know, we looked like we were doing, we always did, we looked like we were doing what we were doing. We looked like suburban kids looking for drugs. So anyway, you know, we start getting hounded, and, you know, they try and rip you off, they try and sell you fake stuff, they try and sell you, you know, they try and sell you, um, you know, less than what you're paying for, whatever it is. But it, it usually became clear in my experience with these guys that they were like, okay, this guy's not fucking around. They were like, this kid is, is not going to be taken advantage of because I always wanted to do things out in the open. Um, and I could gauge like kind of by their nervousness, what they had and how good it was. I could <laughs> gauge it. I could sniff it out. So anyway, this one guy, he seemed really legit and he had the most beautiful looking blotter paper with um you know the grateful dead skeletons on it and we were really amazing the dead, so of course wow. we're like this is great right it was like silver and it had the dancing skeletons on it so i said to him and this is my spiel i said listen i don't have any money on me um but i'm interested in buying in bulk um we're going to do the deal out on the street you know i don't care who's around i'm like we're just going to do it nice and casual i'm not doing it under a tree or under a bridge or whatever you want me to do i said but if you want to make some money today i'm like just play by my rules damn so i said um, let me guinea pig your acid, basically. So here I am taking something from some person that probably lives in the park. I mean, you know, this was definitely a different uh, scene in New York back then in terms of what was cracked down on. Yeah. So, you know, these, these weirdos, um, you know, probably live there. You know, they were definitely there all day long. Anyway, so I said to this one guy, I said, uh, you let me take um, a hit of my choice off of your sheet 
and then I'm going to hold on to it. You know, and sometimes they would balk at that, but I'd be like, look how small I am. I'm like, you can kick my ass. Like my mom can kick my ass. I'm like, so, <laughs> Dude, just, Jesus. you know, I want you to hang out with me for a little while. And when I determine that it's real, then we'll go out on the street. I'll go to an ATM, which you will not stand in the vestibule with me as I access. And I'm like, and I know I'll give you money. Right. So, all right, this guy's going along with it and I take it and half hour passes, nothing, you know, um, even with the nerves, I was like, there's something up, you know, this stuff yeah. looks great. I've never seen anything like this, too. A lot of times you would see a lot of the same stuff, and I was like, I've never seen anything that looked like this look that good. This just sounds like something that like, I would have recognized because my cousins were in frats at Cornell when I was younger <laughs> and they would always come back with like Grateful Dead slash Calvin and Hobbes shirts and that's how I just like associated college. Calvin and Hobbes and the Grateful wow. Dead oh. and any of so the imagery. So, so well, you're associating LS like Grateful Dead and Calvin and Hobbes with that Greek fraternities. That that's correct. Holding tabs of acid. And fraternities. Don't forget fair, fraternities. Fair, fair, fair. fair okay. Cornell is pretty hippied out. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All of this this sounds a lot like selling nudes. Well, maybe now. You demand the money first, and then you send the nudes. That's oh, right. That's it. Sorry, anyway. Sorry. So, Adam, you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so this, this gets good. So, um, eventually, you know, this was really dragging on. And, I mean, you should feel something at this point. You know, yeah. I, I, when I go into the city, it's usually because I haven't had any around for at least a week. So, yeah. it's out of my system. So, I should have felt it immediately. But the guy's insisting that it's real and that it's you know, there's that, that, you know, just be patient. I'm like, okay. So I was like, well, I'm tired of hanging around the park. I'm like, let's go to tower records. So nice. oh my God. To, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to go record shopping anyway. And then know, it hit shopping, I guess as, as it was at that point. Yes. Um, so we walked over to the tower records at Lincoln center and, uh, yeah, so he's there, he's looking through CDs. I'm looking through CDs. My friend's looking through CDs and you know, there's a lot of lights in there. So I'm just, I, I keep turning to my friend. I'm like, yo, this, this is not real. I'm like, I can just tell from the lights under, you know, like nothing's happening here, you know? <laughs> so eventually the guy vanished in the store. He vanished oh, and no. he left, us, no, he left us with this, like tons of fake blotter that looked amazing. Right. Holy so, shit. I don't think we scored anything that day. I think we back, went back empty-handed, and that was that. Yeah. Um, but we were laughing at what we had, and now I was not a scam artist, so I did not want this to fall into the hands of certain people from my town who would turn around and sell it to, like, freshmen, you know, for some inflated price. Right on. And, um, you know, because it was fake. It was totally fake. It was just, uh, you know, it was blotter that had not been, you know, soaked. Maybe a week later, um, we're like, all right, we, we, we're really jonesing as we would you know, refer to it as. So we were like, all right, forget the park. We're going to go to Washington Square Park, right? Mm -hmm. now, that's, that's the place. Even better, park. that's what I was thinking. Right, but it's, it's just like too many people. And then the whole David Lee Roth got busted buying a dime bag there once. So we were just, you know, that was like our, our oh. frame of reference, Washington Square. Like the only drug bust we knew of was David Lee Roth getting busted in Washington Square and I don't know what it was, 1990 or something. Gotcha. So we realized that it was a bigger risk going there. There's a lot more people, much more congested park. But anyway, we went there and, um, or, or, you know, we were on our way, excuse me, I'm, before, before I even get to the point when we get there, but that, that's not, that's the, it's kind of anticlimactic. Um, I was <laughs> speeding. Um, at, I was going at fr frightening speed in my um, 87 Chrysler Fifth Avenue, which was a pretty kick-ass car. It still is. And um, I got pulled over by a cop. Um, he clocked me at 86. <laughs> wow. Remarkable, considering that that was like a full, like, three seconds of me slamming on the brakes, right? So I, I, I don't know I'm proud of you. Yeah, just, I'm so proud of we, you. We were not, 
there was nothing intelligent about the way we operated back then. I mean, like I said, now I drive like my, my family complains that I drive slower than my grandfather um, nice. at, at this point. But anyway, so we get pulled over and um, I pull into the median. Right. So right off the bat, because I'm in the I'm in the, you know, the left lane and my heart's racing. I pull into the middle. So immediately the cop is yelling at me. It's just like, what the hell are you thinking? Even pulling over to the median. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. how <laughs> pulling around my tail for it. I didn't realize I was going that fast and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so we give him cause to search the car. Oh, no. Oh, God. oh no. Yeah, and that fake blotter acid was in the car, um, and he found it. And um, my friends now were leaning up against the divider on the highway, and you could see their faces turn white as ghosts because they knew. They were like, oh, my God, did, did Adam forget to take that out of his car? <laughs> like, Jesus. He's like, oh, and it was a Friday, too, so we know what that means, right? We're going to jail. It's going to be horrible, and we're not going to be able to deal with this till Monday. Oh, we're, we're dead. Our parents are going to kill us. This is humiliating. You know, but of course it's fake. We all know it's fake. So the cop pulls it out. He holds it in his hand. And I said, uh, sir, that's not what you think it is. That's, um, I use that for Dungeons and Dragons, actually. Um, and I'm, I will put all of that in my mouth right now to prove to you that it is not what you think it is. No. Oh, no. oh my no, no, God. No, 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 no. It doesn't go there. Thank God. It is still fake. Fair, fair. Um, it didn't come to that. But what it did come to was a moment of, I guess, the closest thing I've ever seen to divine intervention, if you believe in that. Um, he looked at me, he looked at it, he put it back in the envelope, and he literally tucked it back between the seats where he found it. And he uh, continued his search, and he found a bag of weed. He made, that, he made us throw that out on the lawn, basically. Um, and that was it. We do not know what happened we do not know why he spared me that day. Um, maybe he knew that I would, if it was real, tested real, that I would still be in jail now. Yeah. You know, um, but it was, it was a bizarre moment. I mean, I will never forget the looks on my friend's faces. The you way have. they turned white as ghosts. They were like, oh my God, this is so bad. You have a lot to be thankful um, again, for. it would have been rectified. Was yeah. That? No, I was saying you have a lot to be thankful for that, you know, that the, the, the wits of uh, saying, it, you know, it was something involved in your uh, tabletop RPGing uh, <laughs> <Right>. was... Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well done. All right. you needed to do was get the white nerd card. <laughs> the police do not ever let me off when things happen. That's not very cool at all. No. I actually, like, I don't look like I would be a target, but, like, police go after me. Whatever. There is... Uh, they, they, like, make an example out of me. I, I, I am lucky that I have not uh, experienced anything firsthand myself. Um, we don't need to go there, though, because <laughs> <laughs> you just did it for us, Adam. House, you know, looking like Pikachu. I mean, I could see what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
we should talk more about your music uh, because uh, that was that was no that was fantastic that was, that was yeah, epic that was, no, that was good that that gives us such a, a breadth of context for the kind of kid that you were clearly a little bit rebellious we we do have uh, some songs that you contributed uh, we were gonna listen to you uh, uh, play a newer song we could do that a little bit later because uh, it's so fascinating to hear all of this uh, behavior that uh, you were involved in such legal activity what kind of such um, a slanderous youth what uncouth behavior t- t- seriously that tell, sounds amazing. T- tell us about your uh, ska hardcore uh, uh, situation that you had when you were in high school yeah well um, I mean these are guys I, I still keep in touch with them to this day I mean I have tremendous respect for them I look back you know it's like I, I was really lucky to even know that we all knew each other I mean like the the, the musicality was like off the charts I mean we played this style that um, I guess eventually became more popular. I mean, I think we mostly modeled the band after Operation Ivy, who, of course, are like, you know... Gods. Still God, yeah. I mean, they're like what year? heroes, whatever you want to call them. What year, uh, what year did you guys come together, and what name did you settle on? So I was the last to join the band, actually, um, so I didn't have to do with um, the name, which is Common Ground, and I do believe there have been other Common Grounds in the metro area since then. Um, in fact, I, Mercury Lounge, like right across the street from my house, and I, I, I saw some common ground playing there, and of course took a picture of the flyer and sent it to the guys, and, and it, we have a constant uh, chat going all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I said to you know we got to do something about this, guys. Anyway, so yeah, we were called Common Ground. Um, you know, you definitely could call it ska core, but we took a lot of risks. We we covered Black Sabbath's The Wizard. That was kind of a big deal. Um, we big. Um, Amnesty International outdoor event when we were kids. What? And there were a lot of people there. Yeah. And um, we played that song and the place we were promised a full set. And that was about the fourth song we played and the place practically broke into a riot and uh, we got the plug pulled on us. They did not expect a mosh pit uh, like that. You know, this is pre-internet age, but, you know, word of mouth. We were a pretty visible band. I mean, we were a young band, and I guess we were playing with other bands. Like, I want to say we we played with a lot of hardcore bands like Sheer Terror, Neglect, like bands like that. Um, There were a lot of others, too. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Um, But we we were really lucky, just the company that we kept, and we had a lot of great opportunities. We couldn't even get into these clubs. We Mm. couldn't get into these clubs, and we would sneak, like, our girlfriends in and, like, 20 of their friends. Um, you, You know, it would be like a stream of... High school girl carrying, like, one carrying a drumstick, one carrying a snare. You know, it was, like, so obvious what we were doing, but um, somehow we were drawing crowds. I mean, dude, that's, uh, like, that's like, you know, what's it called? Um, uh, the Little Rascals, you know, 90s ska band. You know what I mean? Like, it's the 90s equivalent of, like, a Little Rascal. Oh, totally. What, totally. What is this first song we're going to be hearing? Is that... Soiree 120. Soiree 120. Yeah, so there's um, a lot of interesting things in this song. There's this uh, little sound effect. On the uh, the words, um, well, you'll you'll hear it. Let's hear it. Specific part. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's roll. (laughs) Oh yeah. Let's hop in the time machine. First track. Let's do it. Let's do it. Coming ground. Further, it's like ABC. I was undoing her, and not for 
thought to myself once he let out a cry that took the drink off the shelf. Love the cow. Love it. That was absolutely flaming. Yeah. <laughs> when did you guys realize that you were good? I mean, like, because um, you're I, good. And I mean, like, that's the cute, you know. It's just, we had, like I said, we had a lot of older friends through, like, the skate community. Um, you know, we had a couple of skaters in the band. Amazing. So they knew a lot of people. Skaters kind of, you know, hung out with other skaters from other towns. Mm. Um, I was always suspicious of everybody from outside my town. And that is a common thing from where I'm from skating thing kind of bled into other towns so mm. that's how like older people would catch on to us and yeah and they were they were like oh you guys are bringing a lot of girls to your concerts so we yeah. would get booked on these bills i mean we played so many just impromptu like pool parties and beach parties and they were just so and we played this one beach party i mean i felt like half of long island was there i mean it was police it was like i mean it was it was so out of hand um it's crazy but it happened. You know, we did it. It was. <laughs> Dude, that's I mean, a story that, that could an entire episode could be spent on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, legendary Long Island keg parties of the early 90s. Love it. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah. Seriously. We, you know, it's really funny. That particular beach, and, I, and I'm still very much in touch with the guy whose house it was, actually. And I, want, I think his mom still lives there, actually. No um, That particular part of my hometown, um, you couldn't park on any street. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of these neighborhoods were very wealthy. You couldn't park on the street, period. Mm-hmm. There was no parking. You could only park in the driveways, which were long, massive driveways. So you had to know the people that lived there. Yeah. Um, That's but we classist. would. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would put um, we would park the cars on the street and put tickets, um, old tickets in the windshield wipers. Nice. And these Suffolk County cops would actually fall for it, which is like, how could you fall for oh. like, this is your jurisdiction? Like, how did you know that you weren't like they were so clueless? Oh my um, god, that's brilliant! Yeah, I don't know how it worked. I don't know how anything worked really back then, but it worked. I mean, everything was just just. A close call, whether it was, you know, with the car, with the, with the drug deals, with the, it just nothing made sense. Somehow, mm. we all got out of it unscathed. Well, not all of us, but we are kind of a curse that's town, like, but that's another story. That's <laughs> like Rick Rubin's dad putting on the cop costume and walking into CBGB's when Rick Rubin's band was playing and saying, this is too hardcore for CBGB's. That's like wow, Rachel that walking into that the club happened. in a Pikachu suit. That too. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know that happened. My dad went into a concert once and pulled me out of the front row because uh, somebody called our house and said that I, uh, I 
I don't know what I did. I did something bad. That Jeez. sounds extremely nineties uh, <laughs> sitcom. So nineties yeah. sitcom. And my dad showed up at a concert venue, and, and and my friend's dad did too. And we were the two right in the front, banging our heads, some metal band. Oh my and god! And they pulled us out of the front row. And oh my it, god! I mean, the humiliation was so. Oh sorrow. my god! Oh my god! No, oh my god! This oh is an god. episode of Full House. It really is. Da-da! <laughs> the Ruben thing is even better, though. I mean, that like he dresses a cop. I mean, well, you know, his dad was backing him, right? Like his dad was being like was trying to make a name for was trying to help them make a name for their band by oh, by making them think that okay. they were such oh, okay. a hardcore punk band that they actually shut down CBGBs. Like, that makes that me was, very happy. And that's so right. yeah. Getting the shut the show shut down in like the third song. By the cops, that is like better than playing the whole show. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I want that to happen to me. <laughs> You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, we are this week chatting over uh, the phone with Adam Howard Schneider, musician uh, who has uh, seen it all and experienced it all, more or less. Uh, true, true, and blue New Yorker in some of the most <laughs> epic ways possible. Like, dude, you should write a book. That's next. We've thought about it. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of my friends and I, we've thought about it. I, I think my friend actually even started one, and he had a really funny title that I wish I remembered right now. Well, can't um, wait to hear yeah. about it. As was we it, di- oh, was it called LSD in the Park? <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> Probably. That's a great title. You know, it's funny. I have a, um, do you remember the store in East Village, Love Saves the Day? Nope. I don't. I don't so, either. Yeah, this was on, um, it was right around the corner from St. Mark's Place. It was like, actually it was near those buildings that um, explode, where those explosions were, those buildings mm, that had yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, wow. brought down by that gas siphoning yeah. situation. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Love Saves the Day, LSD. Uh, get it, get it. Yeah, they were, uh, they were in the 60s. I want to say they closed in the in the 2000s, actually. But, um, you know, they were like a novelty store, but it was like a lot of collectibles. Like, I used to get Smurfs all the time for people there. They had like hey. a Smurf, Smurf figurine. Um, anyway, I have a postcard of that, like a photo of that place. You know, it's on a postcard, and it's sitting on my desk. It's really inspiring. I mean, it, you know, that whole experience, you know, it's funny when you, you were saying that those drug dealing, you know, or buying experiences in the park, you know, just kind of put into context, you know, what it was like being a teenager back then but it also you know it shaped my music i mean like i listened to tons of different music um i would go through phases but i would pick things up from all the music that i listened to i mean Mm. i think when i was a kid growing up i mean my favorite bands were like duran duran iron maiden and the grateful dead you know and then of course the beatles were like this underlying fascination um, that my dad turned me on to. My dad was not a musician, but he was at the first Beatles concert at Shea Stadium. Damn. And he was absolutely certain when I was a kid, he said, just remember to check out the Beatles. He said, the buck stops there. That's and, um, awesome. That's a great I, I don't, uh, even to this day, I don't disagree with that. You know, I, I don't really deal with bests and whatnot. You know, you have your favorites, but, you know, the Beatles still resonate with me. But it's almost like church at this point. Tell us about the track, It Kills Me. So I went into a, um, a kind of like self-imposed jazz woodshed thing. I said, you know, I really want to relearn my instrument and expand my harmonic knowledge. So I was very fortunate to study with one of my jazz guitar heroes here in New York, uh, Mr. Steve Kahn. I'll give him a little shout out. Um, and not only is he a jazz hero, but he also um, played on a lot of my favorite Billy Joel and Steely Dan records, like a lot of these jazz cats did in the 70s. They basically are playing on everything, these guys. You know, they were the, the backing band for a lot of the great singer-songwriters of the day. 
And um, so I studied with him for a while. And after that, you know, I was like, well, I, I don't want to play jazz, but I feel like I've, I've put a lot of pieces together here to take my own rock and roll to the next level. So the resulting uh, track was, or the first track that I did was this song, It Kills Me. And I uh, had a friend of mine who's a theater dude. I mean, he sounds pretty operatic on this uh, and it's drawn, you know, drawn comparisons to Queen and whatnot. And a lot of my power pop heroes and whatnot but um yeah it's kind of campy but there's a lot of experimental stuff going on you know i mean not super experimental but the 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 little pizzicato guitar thing going on in the background you'll hear where we stuck sponges underneath the strings and it's (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah Yeah. so that's like a cool touch you know it's a little uh, a little over the top in spots it's a little you know but but that was kind of what i was into you know say no more power pop i love it over the top over the top but i'm fine with over the top on it let's do it we weren't meant to be so don't you wait around for me thought that i knew just what to say it sounded so good today i can't believe my eyes i see you're doing fine well look at me now i'm just a fool this time because it kills me I unironically love wow. that. Unironically? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, even ironically, obviously. You see, in this new day and age, 
There are a lot of songs that we like, ironically. It's some that we actually enjoy. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that. The millennial in the room enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate that. Uh, There's a lot of, like, candy in that song. Oh, sure. I think it's like, you don't know how you feel about it. You're like, oh, I recognize that. A lot of things, like, you know, that I took, I mean, like, that that bridge is, like, straight up. That's my attempt at, like, uh, imitating the Johnny Greenwood tremolo picking, you know, Radiohead. um, So that track um, was basically, like, like I said, the culmination of, like, my, my jazz, you know, infusing some of that, those ideas into my music. And I never really had any intention of promoting it. I used that as basically just an advertisement for people to hire me as a guitar player. Right on. I know that I mean, sounds that's... weird. Um, and there were some interesting stories about where that song was played and who like found that song and, and, um, and whatnot. Uh, but as far as it, um, you know, being a platform to promote my act, there really wasn't an act. Um, that was a friend of mine, that I, a guy that I was really lucky yeah. to know because, I mean, he sings his ass off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Insane vocal performance. I mean, just and listening to it right now. Totally so hear long, the Queen comparison. God. I mean, like, damn, oh, dude. Of course. The dude is just crushing. He still sounds like that, too, to this day. Damn. You know, and I was blessed because, I, you know, that was the first, like, solo track I had done in a while. I took for granted that I could find someone like that again. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> but it definitely got my foot in the door of like certain bands and whatnot and, and writing situations, collaborations. But I mean, I, I've done, you know, mostly for higher work and, and behind the scenes work. So, uh, yeah, as far as using that to promote, I mean, you're, uh, you're, you're getting a piece of my like archive here. So oh, it would be perfect for this show. It's totally perfect. And we uh, really appreciate your uh, bravery in what you've <laughs> shared with us. Keep telling myself. That was a little later than the one we just heard. Did yeah. this strike a different chord than the one you were trying to with the previous project? Yeah, so Keep Telling Myself was done with um, one of my favorite, probably my favorite collaborator of all time, um, a gentleman who actually lives in France now. He uh, and I used to make, we were actually in a band together for a while, and uh, we used to make everyone around us very uncomfortable because we used to fight like dogs. The result was always one that we were, you know, really proud of musically. You know, we would have a lot of these just shouting and throwing things and the other band members are cringing and hiding in the corner and fuck you, I don't ever want to see you again. And then a week later it would be a big love fest. One of us would break the silence and call the other and be like, dude, I've been listening back to that track, man. It's dope. You know, and it was, you know, mm. it was, we were, we were doing what we could to serve the art. Anyway, um, totally that feel he and I did one-on-one. So again, this is a this is a totally solo thing. Um, I guess I was just trying to add to my repertoire, my resume of tracks, and show off some other sides of me. Another day of starting over. Well, what do you know? What do you know? I have no thoughts of getting.
Drumming on the legs there, Adam. Yeah, I'm again third in a row. I, I'm into this, dude. You are that a was flaming. Fucking musician. Yeah. Right. Thank you. <laughs> like, damn. Was everything fine? It turned out fine. You know. Yeah. Um, nice. on, are you still recording? Gears here. What happened? I I just I asked if you're still recording because I like your shit. I've been demoing a whole new style actually that i've been experimenting with They're, these are some rough demos that have been kicking around and i've been playing them for some close you know uh, trusted confidants and whatnot and be, been encouraged by it but basically um i'm i'm exploring more of my um obsession with jazz harmony and it's interesting because mccoy tyner the great jazz pianist oh yeah died, yeah uh, r.i.p last wow. week and he's had a profound influence on my guitar playing actually that piano player because the voicings that he plays um while they're you know all spread out on the piano they're actually quite easy to execute on the guitar they're very versatile in terms of kind of opening the harmony up and this is something I experiment with um, on guitar a lot. And I've been working with a piano player who not only knows his style, but is also familiar with um, the style of Bill Evans, who's another hero of mine. Uh, and he does the opposite of McCoy Tyner, or he did the opposite, where he, the notes were pretty close together. So I'm 
playing around with some of those sounds and kind of going a little heavier on the guitars, believe it or not. And I'm also eliminating the bass player altogether and using synth bass. Oh, um, okay. And yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised at how they've come out. And uh, I am going to be re-entering the studio. It's supposed to happen very, very soon. And you know what's happening. So um, in the meantime, uh, my wife and I, my wife sings with me. She sings uh, yeah. backup or rather... It's more than just backup. I mean, we're almost like, you know, Simon and Garfunkel situation where we're <laughs> singing together the whole time, basically. Yeah, we're not. Uh, that's the only comparison Aww. to Simon and Garfunkel I'll make, where we're singing together the whole time. So, um, you know, where I may be singing the melodies, her, her um, harmonies are quite melodic as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she has a, a much more polished voice than I do. So I feel <laughs> like, you know, where, where I give her a little rock grit credibility, she kind of like keeps us honest as singers. Um, nice. So right now I'm uh, just working on the basic songs. Every song I do is built from the ground up. I mean, it's written on guitar or piano um, and the uh, the vocal melody and lyric. That's it before I even bother doing what you've heard these songs, uh, you know, how they came out. So right now we've literally been workshopping one um, for the last couple of weeks. Um, I, again, I played it for some of my my most trusted confidants, you know, these guys are just better straight folk songwriters and uh, got a lot of encouragement with it, did some rewrites and whatnot. Um, so uh, one of these songs we just wrote the harmony for and we're going to we're going to try to yeah. perform it live. With Adam is his wonderful wife, Christina Germain, and they will be singing the song that we just heard about and it's entitled I've Tried Everything and it's only here on LNR right on Radio Free Brooklyn. Take it away, guys. Turned off my phone, climbed out of bed With my notebook and guitar To face the moment I dread I searched for melody and memories That fit like a glove I only wish this was a labor of love I've tried everything just to help me write this tune And I've said everything But the truth I've taken so long Select the mushrooms Meth and LSD Even went to synagogue While wondering if Christ was for me Went from L.A. Texas, Florida New York, New York, no matter where I felt the same as before, I've tried everything just to help me see the light, and I've used everything but my eyes. Most days my morning routine lasts until late afternoon, I gave up TV. Facebook and making lists of to-do. Meditation, masturbation both seem to have the same effect. Now should I take a walk or rearrange my desk? I've tried everything just to snap out of this lump and I've tried everything except for love. I've tried everything 
to help me write this tune. I've said everything except the truth. That was really hard for me. Because we're doing no, it through the phone, it might like sound like muffled and indie enough that it the sounded vibe may come through. Gorgeous! It sounded great. It really okay. did sound great. It there was something. Like it made it so much more real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was okay. Cool. Because I mean, we could do it again, but in our living room, we don't rehearse under the bed. That's my space, <laughs> and it's really, it's really like Christina doesn't even know how I work down here alone, let alone the two of us. Regretful that we would not be able to be here to play it for us in person and caress our souls into the next month of what hopefully will be a much more happier month. So it's nice to just hear anything that just feels like great art that's being yeah. made in yeah. a time when art just has to be made. So yeah. good on y'all. Thank you. Well, I mean, this is what we're going to be doing in this time. I mean, you know, a lot of work is dried up. So we're um, we're writing, we're singing, we're arranging, um, and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I'm, I'm really lucky that, you know, I have my partner here, too. <laughs> That's a blessing, <laughs> man. My musical partner is what I'm calling you know, her in this context. Adam Howard Schneider is our guest this week on Lost and Rewound. You will be back, and you will have something to plug that is uh, able to be seen in terms of <laughs> an actual show. Is there any social media in the meantime that uh, you could uh, redirect uh, interested parties to? Um, I have some of these songs on soundcloud.com slash digital fatigue. Great. Hell yeah. Amazing. Flaming. And your, your, tech, my, uh, your name is Digital Fatigue on SoundCloud, correct? Correct. Correct. Yes. It's pretty low key, but those tr- the two, two of the tracks, I think two, the two tracks that we did, the, the indie rock tracks mm-hmm. that were on there. Hell yeah. Well, great. Thank you so stuff. much. Thank you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of uh, your week, Adam, and uh, keep on making the music. Uh, in the meantime, listener, whomever you may be, uh, stick around for one quick second while we wrap up the show. Here at Radio Free Brooklyn, we always welcome new neighbors. Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, has just opened at 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks from the Morgan L Stop. They've got great dishes, noodles, rice dishes, small plates, and salads. And if you want a hamburger or a BLT, they've got that too. They're open every day, most days from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., and you can order online from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. Check them out at dashibrooklyn.com. Again, that's dashi, D-A-S-H-I, brooklyn.com. Or stop by Dashi and welcome them to the hood. Tell them RFB sent you. Thank you for that, Will. And finally, it's Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraising campaign in where, coming up in May, Radio Free Brooklyn is turning five, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you more of whatever you just heard, <laughs> along with many other shows on RFP for another five years. We're only about 30% there, so we do, in fact, have a long way to go in just a matter of weeks. If you would like to make a small monthly donation to help us reach our goal, the easiest way to give is to text RFBGIVE5, the number 5, to 44321, and you can make a pledge right on your phone. We also have some great gifts for giving available on our website, including limited edition five-year t-shirts designed by former clash manager cosmo vinyl if really you, 
Really? Cosmo Vinyl. If you'd like to get one of these great premiums, you could make your donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. And if you can't afford to give, and we uh, totally understand if you can't, <laughs> you can still let us know how much you love us. Just call our special voicemail at 718-673-8201 and leave us a message letting us know why you love RFB, just to wish us a happy birthday even. If you consent, your message may be played on the air. In the meantime, we thank you for quarantining with us on this afternoon of Radio Free Brooklyn. This has been Lost and Rewound, and my name is Alon Danziger. I'm Will Hasty. I'm Rachel Teichman. Catch you here, hopefully, next week on RFB. Like selling nude pics of yourself. Selling LSD. I thought you said selling ludes. I'm like, whoa. They are lewd. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. He's, no, no. He's thinking quail lewds, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. yeah. I thought you said selling lewds. <laughs> I guess. No, it's very simple. When you ask for nudes, you're asking for noodles. And when you're asking for lewds, you're asking for quail lewds, okay? Because if it wasn't a nude, it would be lewd. It wouldn't be necessarily nude. It would but be like above. something close to nude, but not completely. Maybe like a little bit of skin, but not a whole lot of skin. For oh, that's our very audience, as Oh, the ankles, shows us the his shoulders, lovely stomach, the neck. <sighs>